Welcome. You're listening to Now That You Ask, curious answers to life's persistent questions as seen through the eyes of Akasha Halsey. That would be me. I'll be your host and guide as we settle in for a few minutes of the unexpected that may bring about your own questions and maybe even some answers too. Thanks so much for joining me. Now let's get started with the show. Christmas at the Cleavers I never thought it was possible, not with the strict upbringing about how it's done in my house. I saw it on television, June and Ward, Wally and Beaver, sometimes disagreeing with each other, not often though, and always brought back to a place of love, a family that admonished, acknowledged, and accepted each other. I always wanted that family, an unexplained longing in the pit of my stomach that surfaced especially around the holidays in December. Christmas had such importance in my family. How could I not love it, even today? Honed to put on the perfect Christmas from childhood, I pretended I enjoyed that very thing when I was with my family. On Christmas morning when we woke up, we got to open our stockings at the foot of our beds, which was fun. But we were not allowed in the living room, not even to sneak a peek at the tree and what lay beneath it. We had breakfast when my grandmother and Aunt Kitty arrived. My grandmother insisted on a breakfast laden with gossip, while my Aunt Kitty silently ate her tea and dry toast. As kids, we got a Sara Lee heat-up streusel cake, a special treat we dearly loved. I recently found one, tried it again, and almost had to spit it out. It was that bad. Memories are not all they're cracked up to be sometimes. Once we got breakfast over with, we were allowed to go to the living room and open presents. My sister and I really went at it, throwing paper and ribbon into the air with all kinds of abandon. There was then a leisurely and polite extended period of present opening handed out by my daddy. By the time we got to the end of all that, I was almost jumping out of my skin to play with my new stuff. But first, we had to gather up the paper, have a discussion on what could be reused, separate out the ribbon, and put the rest of it in a large trash bag that daddy hauled in from the kitchen. The rest of the day, I hardly remember unless I got books, in which case I spent the afternoon engrossed in reading. Christmas night might or might not include an impromptu gathering of my parents' friends, but we weren't really invited to that. In recent years, however, I've gotten to have the whole Cleaver Christmas package. My godchildren, as I call them, Include me in this raucous celebration, and that is something I will never take for granted. I was good friends with their mother, who died when they were in college, and I just adopted them after that. And they, in turn, have been kind enough to let me continue in this role. They now have four kids between them, but at this first Christmas, there were three, all under the age of three. There were also two sets of parents, two sets of grandparents, sometimes a sister and brother-in-law, and me, and the occasional friend who might drop in, although who in the world would drop in early in the morning, I have no idea. Among us, there is a vegan, two California gourmand, 
a few Texas-trained tongues, and a Southerner who loves bacon. The first year I was invited to Christmas with these little ones, we were to meet at 8 a.m., so I volunteered to bring bacon, three pounds of it already cooked. Someone was going to cook crepes, an optimistic and idealistic goal, it seemed to me. There were pastries, too, an assortment of fruit, jam, syrup, yogurt, orange juice. We had a veritable feast. The living room had been blocked off with a dark sheet tacked to the frame of the French doors, keeping the children out until the 8 a.m. hour. The oldest already had a couple of Christmases under his belt, so he knew what to expect, sort of. The other two remained mostly days throughout the day. All adults arrived through a circuitous route around to the back of the house so as not to disturb what Santa had left in the living room. We were each greeted with enthusiasm and yells, the best way in the world to enter somebody's house. As the curtain came down, the oldest boy let out a scream and ran directly to a scooter shaped like an airplane, which he rode throughout the room until something else caught his eye. There was a very tinny piano for the one-year-old and various musical instruments for all the kids. I was downright amazed by how quickly they figured out what to do with those musical instruments and almost delighted with the spontaneous concerts they gave throughout the morning. An overflowing stocking was hanging from the fireplace for everyone, 15 of us in all. That in itself was a true labor of love. As the morning continued, the kids going from one toy to another, no matter if it belonged to them or not, I marveled at so much joy in that room, not just from the children. There was love beaming from every adult's eyes, and I felt like I was looking at this day with the eyes of a child myself. Later in the afternoon, we all convened at a different house for a crab dinner, another family tradition. There were a multitude of salads, lots of bread, and more crab than I thought possible to consume, which proved to be a completely erroneous assumption. We were literally at that dinner table eating for one and a half hours. Grandparents from Texas and Anticosha enjoyed our meal, but had our eyes on the children most of the time. Aside from a couple of meltdowns due to diaper change and distress from incoming molars, there was no irritation, no sarcastic comments or huffs resulting in a premature exit from the table. We were each content in our own ways. Grandparents happy to see the kids happy. Hostess happy there was enough food. Parents happy to have some adult conversation time. And the rest of us basking in being with such adorable little specimens of humanity. At the end of the evening, Brendan the youngest of my godchildren, gave a toast to being with his family and how happy he was to be back with his sister after his last two and a half years living abroad. They both stood and thanked everyone for making this such a memorable Christmas, arms around each other. As I left for the evening, I realized this was that ideal Christmas I had always longed for. Was it sweeter since it took such a long time to arrive? Absolutely. Was I feeling like one of the luckiest people in the world to be included as a member of this family? Yes, I was. I had my Cleaver Christmas, and it was all I had imagined it to be. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Now That You Ask. I hope you found this episode insightful and perhaps entertaining too. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you enjoy the show, please take a moment to rate and review it on iTunes. If you didn't like the show, well, I guess you just lost a few minutes of your life. But you might want to try another one. They're all really different. You can also listen to past episodes and subscribe to email updates on nowthatyouaskpodcast.com. Bye-bye for now.